Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Tell us about your, the name of your podcast, the name of your ministry for those who are listening and might be interested in supporting. Sure. So my podcast is called Afro Latina Teacher in the Rural South. I don't know if you understand my accent, but Afro Latina. Yes, Afro Latina. <laughs> Afro Latina Teacher in the Rural South. That's right. And I do interview people from all over the place. Uh, uh, but what it is is that the podcast is mostly my point of view. So I have people there. Um, and then and then I put in my point of view from being in the rural South because there is a lot of Afro Latinos in Chicago and New York. And they will be quick to tell me, no, that's not how it is. And it's like, wait, I'm in the rural South, buddy. You're not here. Like one yeah. lady told me, stop calling us minority. We're not less. And I'm like, sweetie pie, where I'm at, it's a minority. Nobody looks like us over here. We're less. We're not less. Like, we're, of course, we're not less. But right. It's not derogatory of- in meaning. It just exactly. means in numbers or proportion that there's a, lo- a smaller exactly. number of you than there is another group of people, right? Exactly. I'm not trying to say we're less, but I have to say that word only because, you know, and there's there's all these inflictions and words nowadays. We say certain words and people get offended. And it's like, okay, this English language keeps progressing. <laughs> if I say, if I say illegal immigrant, no, 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 they're undocumented. I'm like, isn't that the same thing? No, 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 that's offensive. Okay, if it's offensive, I'll use undocumented. Yeah, I'm, yeah, they're not illegal. They're not illegal. I'm like, okay. You know, it's like, okay, I, I understand. I understand. Sorry about that. I'll change my ways. But for many years, maybe 20 of my years, maybe 30 of my years, we've used that term. So sorry about that. Just like minority. Is there another word for minority? You're right. I don't know right. if there's another word that, that sounds better. Sorry. Right. You know, like I have to. I, okay. So these are these are the Afro-Latinos from other places. So I thought, okay, there's a lot of Afro-Latinos out there that have podcasts. But me in the rural South, that's my perspective. I'm different. I'm a little yes. different. Right. So that's right. what the podcast is all about. It's like my views are a little different than other people. So I'll have people on the on the show that, that are interviewed, which my first interview is going to come out uh I think today, hopefully I can get in there today is my first interview is going to come out. And I have yes. like a girl, she's, and she's an Afro Latina, but she, she grew up on pop culture. So that, that view, that view of Afro Latino, some people don't even know they have, they are Afro Latino. They're Latinos because they're mixed with black, but then yes. they never grew up with food. So they're like, Oh, I'm Afro Latino. I didn't know. Yeah, you are. Unless you don't want to identify that way. You know, some people, I don't want to put that on them. Yes. But people because there's some people that look like me that say oh, you're not you're not black really i'm not so am i white no then what am i duh <laughs> what am i <laughs> you're brown you're you're a cinnamon color oh i don't see that i don't see that color in the senses when we're in the united states we gotta we gotta be a color and we gotta stand by that color and when yeah. we deny that color they look at you like you crazy 
Yes. Because you know, a lot of my, 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 bless them, bless their heart, my Dominican folks, you're not black. Um, buddy, you are black. No, I'm not black. Well, you are black. Well, I'm not. Okay. Dominican Republic, maybe you're not black. You're Dominican. You're right. But right. Yeah, because not. that in the Caribbean, that this whole issue, this racial construct, this social construct of race, it doesn't really exist for us. Right. I, I was saying to somebody recently, I've never, I never had that conversation growing up before I left Jamaica or in high school or look at my skin color to say this was an issue and what does it mean until I arrived here in the United States. Then you had to figure out what's the meaning of it. You're, you know, um, there are issues there. There are social issues, don't get me wrong, um, that we all have to deal with in in different countries in the Caribbean. But this whole big racial issues was just not something we were raised on. And so we all had to figure it out, you know. And so a lot of people don't even have the language to describe what they are <laughs> you know that's true they don't because if you say you're the jamaican okay what's that if they never heard what jamaican was what's the, yes what's the, it's, it's i'm from dominican republic what is that i'm not republic one time i was doing zumba in a school and that's and i had a t-shirt that says dominican republic and someone said oh you're republican and i'm like that's not what that means buddy let me show you Dominican Republic through some dancing. And I put some merengue because this is a young kid, you know, teenager. I said, look, this is Dominican Republic. And I put it up. And then I said, you know what? I need to really educate young people about about this stuff, especially in Alabama. They don't know. They just know black and white. Their struggles are so much that yeah. they don't think about the struggles of other countries and the black people in other countries. And that's what that's what I preach all the time. Black people speak all the languages. Like black people. Yes. Them, in the diaspora, it's right? For them. It's normal for them to speak different languages in Africa. They go to the store and they speak one language. They go over here to the church, they speak another language. They go to the neighbor, they speak another language. It's just us that we're in the U.S. that we only speak two languages or one language. Right. Uh, but the thing know, about it is that it's so sad that the perspective that you generally would get from the press and sometimes the international press of Africa is not that perspective where you have people who speak so many different languages and are just so cultural and just full of value which is the sad part of this whole issue here but just to and we can talk on this for hours i can imagine but yeah can you tell us what's the name of your ministry yeah the ministry is called harvest international ministry harvest international ministry Okay, and how do people find you? Do you have a website? How do they find you? We have we have a Facebook page, so you can find us on Facebook, Harvest International Ministry, and there's a million Harvest International Ministries out there, so you're gonna have to just uh, find it if you put Alabama or you put Anison, Alabama, um, you could find it through there. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Afro Latina Teacher, and that's simple. So if you find me there, you can ask, you know, send you the link. Um, and then I also have a nonprofit called Bilingual Kids Incorporated. So that's another um, Facebook page. And that's how I do every, I, I do all my nonprofit stuff that's non-religious. I got to do it through Bilingual Kids so I can reach everybody. See, the church, I can only reach certain people. But when I have a nonprofit, I can go anywhere with that. And then I could, you know, attract people to the church through the nonprofit. But right now it's like, uh, that's like, you know, some Jehovah Witness and some people that are Muslim, they don't like donating to a church. Yes. So when I I have programs that are non-religious, I don't want to say, hey, write it, make it out to the church. I'll say, make it out to bilingual kids because it is a bilingual kids program, me doing a summer camp. Yes. Um, So 
write it out to bilingual kids. So I wanted to be able to reach two worlds, not just like stuck on this one, which a lot of people think don't don't agree with me with that. But right, no, I get it because sometimes coming some you can't approach everybody with the whole church religious perspective you have to be broader than that in your communication in your thinking that not everybody comes from that place not everybody's there yet or may even get there so you have to be able to communicate with everybody where they are and sometimes that can be a a hindrance to having a conversation with somebody if you put that first so you have to be able to have conversation outside of that space that's the world we in we live in diversity of all kinds right right that's right and i that that, that has worked for us it has worked and when i want to tell people that i'm christian and in a big it, like let's say if i'm giving a speech or whatever i'll say oh i'm a pastor's wife so just saying pastor's wife, any Christian in the audience will be like, oh, she's Christian. Or people who are not Christian will be like, oh, she's Christian or, or she's, but I'm not, I'm not imposing my beliefs on anybody. Yes. Like, throw it down their throat. So then the people who understood that I'm a pastor's wife will reach out to me privately and say, hey, pray for me about this. Or I'm going through this. And it's like, if I'm a counselor too, and it's like, I need help with this, or I'm at school and they, and they, they see me as a person that they can talk to that that's discreet that it's okay, I'm here for you, okay, I'm here for you with your struggle, even though I don't have time to talk on the phone, you know, people send me voice messages on Facebook or, right. or on their text, they send me, and when I'm ready, I respond, and then we have this conversation that is not maybe the same day, but I'm, I'm doing so many voice messages because that's the only way I could communicate with people, because being on the phone to me is, I just can't, I'm always, there. yes, you have five children, and a husband, and a church, oh, and a nonprofit, and you're a teacher, and you do camps, I don't know where you find the time, my gosh. Anything else that you'd like to add, like any advice that you'd like to, I know you've shared amazing nuggets already for people about your personal journey, but anything additional you'd like to add for listeners, just to encourage people about how to make it despite the struggles here in the United States. Just remember everybody, uh, especially uh, those of you who are immigrants, or even if you're not an immigrant, but those of you who are an immigrant, already you come into this country and you feel like you're different than everybody, and that's okay. When you have a bouquet of flowers, the flowers are not all white. They have yellow in there, and they have the green stuff in it. See yourself as that. See yourself as this bouquet that you're you're bringing something good to the country. Be that good thing you bring to the country to make your country back home proud. When I come here, I say I want to be the best Dominican. That way, when people see me, I reflect a whole nation of people. I reflect, I reflect a lot of people, millions of people that may be good and bad, but be the best reflection of your country in this country so that people may want to go back to your country and put money in there and visit and and even though you don't you don't get nothing out of it you do get something out of it this is something that is like you reap what you sow you're putting in you're putting in seeds there and you're gonna reap that and just remember that just be the best be the best at everything you do and even though you make mistakes and you fall and people will look at you like oh that that doesn't that dominican or it's okay because you can rise up from that and you could prove to them that you're human because uh, some people think that you're not human People think that you're perfect. You have to be perfect, but you're not. <laughs> you're a human. So uh, just be the best you can uh, with all your mistakes, with all your flaws. Uh, 
with any way that you look that you may not be happy about, be proud. Be proud that you come from a nation of people that have organized, that have a government, and they're surviving and thriving. You come from that. Just remember that and be proud of your flag. Swing that flag in your car. <laughs> wow, wow. You are quite the ambassador, you know that? You are such a great ambassador. Can you tell us how did you, you know, coming from Dominican Republic, I how did you become so the the word that the word that younger people use today is woke and so versed on your blackness and 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 embracing of your blackness. How what's what has been that journey for you? Because I know a lot of people are going through the struggle and trying to figure out how to how do they get to that place of being so authentic and sure of who you are and embracing it. Well, okay, like everybody else, I didn't know that I was black. In Dominican Republic, they say you're brown, moreno, or anything else but the word black. But when I was um, teaching at a certain school, uh, the teacher I was following, it was like a student teacher, the teacher that I was um, teaching with, he was African-American. Well, for Black History Month, he showed a documentary called Black in Latin America. And he showed uh, one that was called uh, Grandma in the Closet, Mexico. And, and I was like, oh, Mexico, hey, cool. And we're all thinking Mexicans all look a certain way. But he was describing the black Mexicans. And I was like, whoa, black Mexicans, that's amazing. And he asked a specific question to a girl that looked just like me. I mean, same color. And she said, he said it in Spanish. Are you black? And she's like, yeah, I'm black. And I'm like, what? And I don't know. That thing burst a bubble in me that I never mm-hmm. saw before. I said, wait, if she's black then I'm black. Why don't I say I'm black? Why do I say I'm brown? Why do I sugarcoat this thing? It's not wrong to be brown, but I'm mixed with black. My granddad is dark. He was super dark. The most beautiful people in my brain are these dark people. Yeah. Why do I sound brown when I'm black? And and I had yeah. to like, it was like, I had to cry because I said, this hair is not straight. It drives me crazy. I got to put so much, <laughs> so much product in it. It's not easy but I'm proud of it. It's curly. It's gorgeous. I come here and everybody's like, Oh, your hair's so pretty. I go back home. Why don't you straighten it? Why don't you put a, 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 why don't you straighten it? You need to go to the salon. That looks messy. That's unprofessional. I've heard that. I've had, I had to realize and had to tell my girls, which my girls, I need to put them on my podcast just for the hair issue because they're proud. They're proud. They'll be the only ones in their area. And they have this hair looking crazy, like puffed Afro, and I'm like, oh, thank God that I showed them that I was never ashamed of my hair. Even though putting us putting your hair straight is nothing wrong with that. But it's like when you're constantly making it straight just to prove a point that you think you look prettier with it straight, shouldn't be that way. Your hair can be straight, curly, wavy. You can However make it you, want you want it. Yes. You can put a wig in it. You can put fake hair in it. Like, your hair is so cool. Like, a lot of people want your hair. And, and I had to come to the grips of that. I've always shown my kids that the hair thing was a good thing to be proud of their hair. But for me to embrace that I was black, it took that moment. And I changed from then on. I, I started calling myself black. And that's when my, my life changed even professionally. After I started calling myself black, I was treated differently. I was treated bad. <laughs> I was treated differently. And, uh, you know, I had to, it hit me. And I was like, it's okay. I don't mind. I'm proud. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to saying I'm br- and there I don't want to say, "Hey guys, if you're saying you're brown, is nothing wrong with saying you're brown." It's just that I I am black. The hair gives it away. I'm black. People look at me, they're not going to say, "Oh, she's mixed with black and white." No. They're going to say I'm black. 
So why run away from that? You know, I just don't want to. And my kids say they're black. They say they're Afro-Latinos. My daughter, she keeps, they keep saying, oh, you're Mexican? No, I'm Hispanic. Then, oh, you're African-American? I'm Hispanic. I'm mixed with Dominican and Panamanian. You know, like she has to, and then she struggles with that too. It's like, they keep, they're just so ignorant. I said, honey, you got to teach them. Educate yeah. them. It's okay. We're the ones that got to educate. They're not going to hear from a documentary. You have to tell them. And, you know, she had to tell her her teacher one time. Her teacher told her, oh, we have an African-American in this room. And she's like, I'm not African-American. I'm Hispanic. I'm black, yeah, with a, with a fro, but I'm Hispanic. And that's something that uh, I, I'm so glad that my kids are proud of their color, their hair, their accent, whatever it is. They're proud. They walk into a room and they're confident. Those mm. are confident black people, not arrogant black people, because some people think we're arrogant because we're confident. They just don't know what the word means. But it's like, okay, look, I'm not arrogant. I, I'll give my clothes off my back to anybody. You know, I'll bring somebody in my house, strangers in my house. But when it comes to the point where you're like, okay, be proud of who you are. Be proud of that Dominican Republic. When I go back home and I just smell the beach and the palm trees, oh my gosh, no matter how far, how long I've been away from my country, which I miss so much, no matter how far I've been, I can always come back and say, I've, I represent you well, country. Dominican Republic, I represent you well, and I hope you're proud of me. It's like if the country's my dad and my mom and my cousins, and I want them to always look at me and say, that's ours, that's one of ours, she's ours. I want that. I want that because I didn't see that when I was little. I didn't see Dominicans out there. I saw Sammy Sosa, but he changed to another color, and I'm like, why did he do that? I, I want people to see. I know that's another thing. Is this, is this, the, is this the baseball player? Is this the baseball player? Yeah. Why yeah, did he I do that? I didn't know the history look, behind that. He, it's a long story. I wasn't going to it, but he changed his face. He's he's white now. He has like green eyes. I'm like, no, you're teaching Dominicans that it's not okay to be black. I don't want that. I want to teach all the Dominicans and anybody who's like me, okay, to know that where you come from, there is beauty in that, the best. You have the best of both worlds. You're here in the U.S., and you represent this amazing country that even though they call it the third world, first world, I don't care what it is. Yes. You're proud of it. People go there and spend millions to go bathe in the in the in your waters. And they, yeah. and they eat your food. They eat your food and they love your exit and they think we're exotic. Who cares? That's a good thing. Don't get offended if they say you're exotic. <laughs> That's a good thing. But I, I want that. Like maybe one day I'll meet the president or go to the, you know, go to a high level in the Dominican Republic and meet those people, but I don't care. I want that when they see me in the screen on the screen people will say wow i can be like her you represent us well you do yes you. And yeah i love hearing that from my dad my dad tells me that he says he says i struggled to get to this country but i'm so glad look at you you made it you made it to the highest that you can i'm so proud of you that to me it means a lot that my dad suffered to get to this country suffered that immigrant story of you coming here and get sent back and and all this stuff and waiting waiting the weight game with the weight game of getting the papers approved to have a child that can surpass you is that's the best thing in the world and my dad told me that one day he's like look at you look at you teacher of the year thank god thank god i suffered so much bringing you to this country thank god i did his struggles 
his struggles were what brought me here. And I cannot be less than excellent. I can't. I got too many people to represent. I got my dad, my mom, too many people to represent. I cannot be less than excellent. And even though that's a pressure that people don't want, you have it. You represent that country, you, you know, good or bad. You represent it. And you need to be proud of it. You need to be proud that you're from there. And I haven't seen Dominican Republic in over maybe 15 years. But when I go back, Lord, I go back in, in November, I'm going to cry. I'm going to kiss that ground. That little island is so important to me. That little island gave me what I have. The food I cook is from there. The, the flag that I put everywhere connects me to those people. The hair, the eyes, all of these things I have. You know, they represent my nation is the Dominican Republic, and I'm proud to be from there. And I wish everybody else would would feel the same way. They don't understand that you can't get rid of that if you're mixed with two countries. You can't get rid of those two countries. You just can't. They're part of you. They make you special. And and I'm just I'm just honored, honored to be able to talk to you, Simone, to meet you. To meet to meet anybody that I do that that's a blessing to my life to be where I'm at I'm just blessing because there's people in my country that don't have shoes they're still living in a shack they don't have food they're struggling to get out of the country how do you get out the struggle of how do you get out I'm out and if I'm out there's that's a privilege and I need to make the best out of that privilege and stop fooling around and, and, and yes. making the country look bad. You be the best for those teenagers that, that just deny their country and they're like, oh, I don't want to speak Spanish or I don't want to. You know what? You made it out. Gosh, how many people can't make it out? They'll die in the woods. Some some storm, hurricane will come. That little island is unprotected. It's by itself. Just like Jamaica, too. Yeah. People leaving in the, from Caribbean, Cuba, from Haiti, yeah, throughout the Caribbean, yeah, coming, coming on rickety boats or tires whatever they can get on they will risk people risk so much come up through south america central america they travel miles to risk a lot trying to get to the u.s border so i just never get how some people take it for granted that they're here and they have the opportunity to do well and to influence and to help somebody else that's right. They need to. That's why they need to go back every once in a while and just see it and live in a in a port. Like my house in DR does not have water. Does not have water. It has no no screens. We need mosquito tents to live, to sleep there. I haven't been there in so long. But my kids went to Panama and they lived in a similar situation where they had to take a bath with a little cup and cold water. We made them go through that. Look, this is where I come from. Hey, we took a bath with this. There's no water all day long. We have to wait for the water to come. And when it comes, we hurry up and boil it and take a bath. If there's gas to boil the water, these are things that are, this makes our, us being a good character, give us good character. Yes, builds character. It builds the character. If we don't have those things, uh, we'll be flaky. We want to commit suicide at every whim. Oh, my life is horrible. Let me yeah. just give up my life. What the heck? Really? There's your ancestors fought wars. They had to fight slavery and, and slavery from their own people and slavery from other people. I mean, they had to fight. They had to fight to survive, grow their own stuff and, and, and work hard in the field. And you're over here with, with the iPhone and you can't clean up the house.
like, what's the deal with you? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it, but. Because they don't know. They don't know. And that's why people go through so many lengths to keep our young people uneducated about their past, about who they are. Because once you keep them ignorant, they're like in the wind, just being tossed to and fro. They don't know who they are. You can tell them who they are and they'll believe you because they don't know who they are and what their roots are. So it's imperative right. on us to teach our little ones where they come from and, 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 and their history so that they'll be able to stand and move forward on that. They, have, they need that foundation, right? Oh, my right. goodness. The parents, the parents, oh, gosh, I hope it doesn't die, but the parents, have a, they have, it's their fault. They think, oh, I suffered so much. I don't want my kids to suffer. So I'm just going to give them everything. I'm just going to clean houses forever and just clean, clean, clean and work hard. And I'm going to look good and I'm going to drive a good car, but my kids will never suffer. And it's like, oh, buddy, you, you, you're you setting them up for failure. You're raising a criminal right there. That's, that's how you raise a criminal right there. A criminal that's going to represent your country. Look at you. I wish I could talk to parents like that because it's like, what are you doing? And we do in our ministry. We do talk to parents. About, I like that. We said, listen, what are you doing? your kids are spoiled take the device out of their hand stop giving them devices they're five seconds old <laughs> they're on the device so spoiled then they then then their brain can't capture slow things they're used to things going fast and then they represent your country so then they're gonna say that these people are stupid that group of people are stupid because they can't multiply they can't do this they can do that I, like that's that's the other problem with the immigrants Oh, they want better for their kids. Yes, my parents wanted better for me, but that didn't mean that they took struggle away from me. They just put me in a different place. <laughs> they said, we're going from the Dominican Republic. Let's go to Miami. Okay, guys, we got to work. You got to get straight A's, Jennifer. You got to get straight A's. You got to get awards. You got to get awards. Why we need awards for? Because you're going to stick out. Okay, you're going to stick out. Do better in English. You're going to stick out. Two languages. You're going to stick out. You got to stick out. You know, and I, I felt that. Even when my dad didn't say it, I said that my, my daughter wants to be a doctor. And I told her, I said, hey, I found out from the local university or the university she wants to go to is for doctors that you need to sharpen up that Spanish and be fully bilingual because she's not fully bilingual. And that you need to be fully bilingual because from all those people that get into the medical program, they're going to pick those that have a second language. You gotta because the country needs people who are bilingual. That's right. Yes, so that will create a completely different market for her. That's right. And I told her, you need to stick out. You just need to stick out. That's what we tell our kids. Everywhere you go, stick out. My daughter is in Virginia. She's uh, in the college. And she has that puffy hair. Most of her people, the people in her school are white. And she dresses with different colors. That's how she is. Well, she started dressing differently because she's in a different environment. But then she said, forget this. She started dressing like she does. She designs her own stuff. She's a fashionista. And wears these heels and to school when everybody's wearing little shorts that show their booty. And then she's like, Oh my gosh, mom, people are stopping me and saying that they, they want to know more about my fashion uh, advice and they, <laughs> they like my hair and they like, and her makeup is always perfect. She just looks, she just, you know, it's not that she's vain, it's that she's creative and she puts it on herself. She shows the world that she's creative. Some people will look at that, ah, she's so vain. She's all about herself. No, it's just that she's creative. But she's authentic. It's good that she's able to really just express her authentic self and be okay with it. Exactly. In an environment like that, that's building character. That means you've done a great job for her to be able to stand out and be okay with standing out in an environment like that. 
That's right. We've, we've tried. Even though sometimes you do things without thinking you're teaching your kids, those unspoken rules, you say them. Those unspoken things, you're saying them. And I and I thank God that I did I did a lot of things and my kids looked at me and my husband too. That we're, we, were out of, we are out of the box. Definitely out of the box. And if someone says, you can't do that, we're like, yeah, we can. <laughs> and my kids saw that. So they see that, okay, like if they say we can't do it, that means we can because mommy and daddy says, that we can do it so we just we just try you know to do our best as parents we're not perfect um you know uh we have we do have kids that give us a hard time very much <laughs> very much a hard time but um at least all of them are not like that so that's that's an encouragement to me uh and who knows their life is not over yet you know they could still change they could still be better so i haven't lost hope yet but everywhere you go i i tell you i my flag from my country just fell off my car and I'm feeling so uncomfortable driving my car. I feel so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I see another, what if I see a person from another country? I can't point at my flag because it, whoever else has a flag, I could point at it. Nobody wears a flag around here. But if I happen to have a person with a flag, I can say, oh, I'm Dominican. Look at you, where you from? You know, and have that connection of, hey, I'm from another country. And my flag, I just love my flag. And I have, I collect flags. I have like 30 flags. And every time I do an international fair, people borrow my flags. And my students were just asking me the other day, Miss White, you know all the flags? I said, no, I don't know all the flags. But you have so many flags. I said, you know what? These flags are so precious. They connect. This flag, this cloth connects a whole nation. The whole nation. Bad, good, black or white color. This flag connects a whole nation. And you're holding it. So please don't drop it. Take good care of that flag. Mm. And we, we just got the Ukrainian flag. And we're like, wow, Ukraine. And you're hugging the flag like... God bless Ukraine. Hang in there, Ukraine. It's like the connection of that flag. And now my kids are like, we need to get some flags in my house. <laughs> we need to get some flags. But, you know, maybe it's crazy of me to think that way. But the flag is all we have. No, it's not. It's not. I have a, I have a Jamaican flag and a U.S. flag right by each other downstairs. Yeah. You know, because that's part of me now. I spent half of my life on the other side, half on this side. They make me who I am. I can't run. I can't run from who I am. I can't change the skin, no. the skin, whatever, you know, this is who I am. So we might as well embrace this and, and be proud of it, you know? So, but I'm, that was so powerful what you just shared about your own journey of becoming, of embracing who you are and, and your blackness and just being authentic with where you come from and encouraging people to respect and love and see the value in that that's that's so important for the next generation to hear so. i'm sorry about the crying i get really emotional about stuff like that so no 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 it obviously just means that you're you're in your calling you're moved by it it's 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 power i mean passion is important right right passion is important so you're moved by what you do and so it gets you out of bed in the day and you do what you do with purpose and you know why you're there and nobody is just gonna come and talk you out of it because you know that no god more. has you you are right right no more so okay so we've shared your podcast we've shared the ministry do you have any other services like are, are you taking people for your summer camp or is it just from local uh, schools around town that you yeah, taking really lo local schools for right now it, it's like since we have a new building now we have the space to house kids here so for right now it's like it's only two weeks and it's only for people around town i do ask for donations because there's kids that can't pay and i want them to be in the program so i'm gonna start um promoting 
for people to donate. Um, it's a nonprofit. My my my, non, my organization's nonprofit, five hundred one c three organization. So if you donate, if anybody out there wants to donate to Bilingual Kids Incorporated, it you could get a receipt back and put that in your taxes. But we do want to provide this summer program to be extended into a year long program where every Saturday kids are coming, learning Spanish and and uh, learning about culture and uh, health and fitness and exercise with their family. So all of these things are things that we represent as, as my nonprofit. And, but we need help because uh, for many years we've done it for free. And because we've done it for free, we don't we can't grow from there. Like we can't seem to get the materials we want. We can't do the things we really want to do. We can't renovate things. So now it's like finally, you know, immigrants, things like that sometimes like, oh, it's hard to ask for money. But I got to go out there and say I have a good product. I have a good service and I am servicing the children around my area to teach them about the, the cultures and my Olympics, the summer Olympics camp is one of those where I'm dividing the kids into five groups to represent the five rings. So a group of kids is going to be Africa, a group of kids is going to be Europe, a group of kids is going to be the America and they're going to have shirts, their colors and just show them uh, that teamwork and uh, being proud of a nation, being proud of where you come from. You know, all the kids wearing black, all the kids wearing the red and the blue. They represent all those countries, and they're going to be competing for the gold. And even though it's in a smaller setting, but it's going to be really exciting. I'm trying to plan the opening ceremony and have a choir come and sing and make it big. Make it big for them, even those kids from 4 to 12 years old. But I want them to see the world here where I'm at where they don't they probably will never get to see an olympic game or probably never get to leave the country but if i could bring that here where i'm at in my property that would be great that would be great that w they will never forget those things and sometimes yeah. that's how you learn about other countries is through the food and and i want to do a mini uh international fair as well but all of that costs money i gotta travel to atlanta to get the food <laughs> to get things to get the plantains girl there's no plantains over here they're so expensive they're 50 cents each so i have to go to atlanta and buy the box um, but all of that costs money for me to educate. Education is not free at all. Yes, but you, at the end of the day, you have to eat, right? You have a family right. to care for, you have to eat. I mean, like if you have no income coming in and you're giving so much of your time, my That's goodness. Crazy. It was crazy. We were paying like a $900 bill for light because we were letting kids in the program for $50 a week and some of them couldn't pay and we let them in. And then we were like, how are we going to pay this $900 light bill? So we said, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to have to charge. So we do charge the kids $110 a week. That's including the t-shirt that they get. Uh, but that's, that's, even that is not enough because then if some kids can't come and then I have some teachers that are Spanish teachers that want to come and have like three kids, but they can't afford one ten a week for three kids. So I need to sponsor, I need to get sponsorship, people that will sponsor them so that they can come and be successful in the program and, and do this year long program that is not done here in here in my area. There's nothing like that. There's no language opportunities. There's no cultural opportunities here. It's like, we're it my nonprofit is and and to see that in Alabama this rural part of our Alabama where the bus burning happens you know Martin Luther King walked our streets to know that that we can we can be a part of that dream that he had um, of providing this service um, of unity because that's what it is he talked about unity 
So it's like we're trying to unite people, and that's our mission as as even Christians to Alabama is uniting people, and everything we do has to do with it. Every part, the podcast, the uh, the, the Zumba, even the Zumba has different countries in it because of the different styles of music that we dance to. I mean, everything we do, it has to do with the unity of people appreciating that there's other music. Like I love reggae. Reggae is my favorite part. That's why I love Papa San. But I've I've had ladies at a store singing reggae music and i'm like are you singing yeah you got me hooked on this stuff i don't even know what i'm saying and i'm like well look them up my papa son or or look up the other guys that i, I like and and they look them up and these are like african-american people that are weren't into any music unless it was like their type of music and now they're streaming out to listen and then when they leave the state let's say they go to florida and they go to disney world and they hear one of these songs that Yankee or somebody like that, they're like, oh my gosh, my Zumba class, we sing that. And it's like, they have a connection. Like, I have a choreography. I dance to that music. I dance to that reggae music. I dance to that salsa. I dance to that merengue. It's like, I know about that. And it's like, it's, it's, a, it's an educational connection of right. saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not just black. I'm not just white. I have a connection to the world. It's through dance or through fitness. So I know it sounds crazy, but it's the way that it is. I'm trying to make it work. <laughs> We're trying to make it work like this. So, so it's good. It's good. But I appreciate no, you bringing me on here. Hold it. Oh my gosh. You're doing some amazing things. You're in the trenches, as they say, doing the hard work and coming up against the adversity and all of that. So our heart go out to you. We'll, we send our prayers, you know, we'll stay in touch. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence.